G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and today I'm bringing you some more questions with answers from our Perth Property Investment Facebook group. If you're not already a member, head on over and join in the conversation. So many questions getting asked at the moment and people chiming in and helping out, so it's great to see all the activity. And we've got some juicy questions to dive into today, and we're mainly going into all those things that come up when you're considering buying an investment property, all the considerations went from do you invest in country areas versus metro, do you buy around universities for student housing demand, do we potentially look at buying a property now that performs for us and have the kids live in it down the track when they go to uni, how do we think about all these considerations also looking at house and land packages are there a good option what should you do with your money if you've got that sort of price point as well as looking at some of the thinking around buying a property and how but how does it sit on the spectrum of being neutrally geared positively geared and or negatively geared how we manage that whole decision and finally we're looking at whether you buy a lower price property now or keep saving and buying a quality property in the future, the pros and cons of and trade-offs of that. So lots of good questions. Let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. So, let's jump into the first question, shall we? Does anyone have any advice for me on buying an investment property to rent out anywhere in Perth? I was thinking Margaret River. Budget is 700k max. Now, I was following this question and they really threw me off at the end there where they said, I was thinking Margaret River. didn't realise that was a part of Perth Metro. And so taking a step back for a minute, 700K is a reasonable budget. So that's a, I think that's a good starting point. You can get something very decent for that. And you're going to get a lot for it in the Perth Metro area. You probably won't get that much for it in Margaret River. But I would first decide, what are you actually investing for? And for most people, I'd suggest that the focus should be on maximizing the growth that you're going to get. You grow your asset base first, you accumulate your wealth, and then you start tilting that towards income once you've accumulated the asset base is the the best path that I think most people should take. So you really should be buying something that's investment grade, which has at least an historical average annual growth rate of 6% or more. And typically, the rental yield in that case is going to be around 4%. So general rule of thumb that I like to use is 10% overall return. If you tilt towards growth and get something that is 6% in growth, you're going to end up with a 4% rental yield most likely. Total return there is 10%. And that, that is a sliding scale either way between growth and rental yield. So a good rule of thumb that you can use. So. 
you can really get a good investment grade property for 700k um, it's a good budget so i'm wondering how you came up with margaret river is it somewhere that you know well how did you arrive and think that it was going to be a good investment on what basis did you use for coming up with that now it's something is it something as well that you might be thinking oh, of retiring to is that why you've come up with margaret river i'm not sure so I'd again suggest that you get clear on why you're buying it. I'd suggest you grow your wealth and then buy an amazing retirement property once you've got a lot of money behind you. Not sacrifice your growth along the way to buy somewhere that you may never actually move to or may not suit you when it comes to retirement. So let's take a look at Margaret River because how has it performed compared to the Perth Metro? What you know, what, what basis am I saying? that you can do better for investment with that sort of money. Well, Margaret Rivers had got at the moment a median house price of 650000 And over the last 20 years, it's performed at 4.71% average annual growth rate over the last 20 years. And when you compare that to Perth Metro, it's certainly not even close to investment grade at 6%. And it's below average. So you could pretty much get into a $400,000 property and get a growth rate of that year. And in Perth, it's probably going to come with at least a 5 to 5.5% rental yield. And when we look at the typical rental yield on offer in Margaret River at the moment, it's only 4.43 and surprisingly average because you'd usually expect country areas to have that higher rental yield to balance out the lower growth that you'd get. So total return there is only just over 9% between average annual growth rate in the past and the current rental yield. And so you can even just tell top level that the total return there is not going to be as much as we typically see. So all round, I think, decide and get clear on why you're investing. If it's for growth, growing your asset base, 700K is a Great budget to use in the Perth metro area and you can get something very decent that should be investment grade for that sort of money. Next question, I would appreciate all feedback regarding selecting of areas to invest. I think of areas near Curtin Uni as there'll be a constant supply of international students as always a good tenant is worth their weight in gold. What do you guys consider when choosing the area? Are crime statistics reliable? I don't want to mention suburbs here for obvious reasons. I don't mind mentioning suburbs, but let's get clear on our fundamentals and how we go about choosing an area for strong growth performance because that's what they're looking for. So investing on the basis of student demand is unlikely, in my opinion, to give the strongest growth potential. Now, why? Because student demand is a is an underpinning demand. It is going to keep demand on uh, rentals. Is it the kind of tenant you want? Well, let's go into that in a minute. But if you invest instead in the most desirable locations, the demand for the area is what is going to drive prices. And really, it's that simple. That's what leads to above average increases in prices. People want to live there. It's desirable. So. If you go and instead replace a university in your criteria for top 30 primary school and high school, now you have 
a recipe for a strongly desirable area that will appeal to homeowners and what do homeowners want to do when they're staying in an area a long time they upgrade their homes they take pride in their yards they'll spend anything to have their child go to that quality school just to get into that catchment so why not follow the top schools instead of following the universities i would ask if you're going to boil it down to one simple recipe so anyone who's also had students as tenants will tell you never again (laughs) i think most people would anyway and that they're likely the students anyway uh to give you more headaches i would uh take a double income couple any day of the week who who wants stability of a long-term lease and actually take pride in their home any day over a transient student who has above average wear and tear on a property likes to party and has no interest in gardening or keeping anything alive so just think about who you're going to be dealing with in the student space if you've got them as tenants there is ways to reduce and mitigate the risk by you know trying to choose the the ones that are a bit more serious by still renting an overall property not renting it out to you know four or five students that are likely to have trouble meshing or living together by getting guarantees from um, you know parents as well to go on the lease so that you've got some backup recourse if things go pear-shaped find uh, students that have longer degrees and are starting out their degrees so they might at least be with you for four years or five years or maybe even longer with medical. So there's ways to improve that tenancy pool and to reduce the risks and have a longer-term tenant. But why would you go down that road if you've got the budget for a more desirable location, quality trumps every day of the week and is going to give you a much higher growth over the long term? Now, next question. I hope that was of help. Hi, we're looking for an investment property for under 600000 We don't live in Perth but have two children that are likely to go on to further education in Perth within the next five years. So I was wondering about buying somewhere central, a unit or something, that we can rent out for the next few years and then if it's needed later on, my kids can use it whilst at university or college. Just wondering if people have any suggestions. So I think it's worth, again, getting clear on your reasons to invest. And I feel like I've gone to this in every answer, and it's a common thread and it should be. So get reasons, clear on your reasons to invest and decide if you're investing for growth, because if you go the way of the unit, it's likely that it's going to cost you around 2% in the average annual growth rate. And over 30 years, if you keep it that long, that's going to be a million plus dollars that you'll be trading off by buying a unit over something else that is going to perform better. Units have not had the greatest historical performance compared to houses on desirable you know, blocks. That is That much is clear. The other trouble is it's pretty much impossible to know what uni your kids are going to go to. So if they're at ECU Joondalup or down in Murdoch, they could be the unit that you buy could be completely impractical or not used at all. And then you've gone and traded off buying a better performing asset for something that never even got used just so that you could potentially be handy to them. So 
if you are clear on your intentions and you're in wanting to invest for growth, I'd suggest that you buy a house on a typical block in the best quality of area that you can buy. And then later, when you know where your kids are going, guarantee, look to guarantee on their lease, for instance, and help them getting in that way or, you know, potentially buy something else at the time when you know where they're going to study. So why would you buy it ahead of time when you can do better in growth on another property in the meantime, pull out some of that equity, and if you're really hell-bent on buying them somewhere to go, when you know where they're going to study, it might be up. you go and not buy a high-density apartment or unit that's high-density, try to find, if they're going to up, you could probably buy them a small three-by-one or three-by-two house up there, something with a reasonable land component. And if you are going to go the way of more higher density, stick to hopefully no more than a villa as far as the density, make it part of a small well-kept group and don't go buying an apartment if you can help it, certainly not for the reasons of something that is going to grow your wealth. So not the best way and get clear on what your intentions are and I'd suggest waiting to down the track, buying something in the meantime to perform for you. I hope that helps. Next question. Hi all. I'm looking at building my first investment property, a house and land package. My budget is around 400k. I've been looking at both Lakelands and Elkamos for three bed, two bath garage, approximately 300 square meter block. Are these okay for investment? Rental looks around 430 to 450. Would definitely prefer some capital growth. Is there some other areas that would be better off at the same price range? Thanks. So Lakelands and Alchemos have large amounts of land supply still to be released. You need to pull up an aerial map to see just how much land is around. And a short drive around, you'll see potential new stages coming soon. And in the future, it's likely that these this continual supply of land that's coming on will keep prices down. And to be honest, it's hard to give you any new estate in Perth where this is not going to be the case. Most of the newer states, pretty much all of them are on the periphery and there's going to be more stages ahead. And as a general rule, they're going to, it's going to keep prices suppressed and not growing at above average rates, is it? So if you can, however, find a block that's in an infill area, you're going to have far less supply and you're going to have more, a better supply to demand ratio, better chances for growth. So infill is always a better option if you're going to build and try to find that infill block in a nice established street, well presented. That's always going to be better. But I'd ask you again to t- first take a step back. You say that it's for investment. So why would you build at the moment, especially when the cost is going to be well above buying an established property? You only need to look in Alchemos established stuff, what it's selling for, and it's going to be far less than the costs you're getting to buy the land and build. So gone are the days where you're going to make any extra profit on doing that build. But at some points in the cycle, that's possible. Not at the moment when building costs have gone up so much more compared to what established prices are. It really is a big value difference and buying established is just glaringly the choice at the moment especially when you start to factor in the higher interest costs of holding the land and the building without any rental you know getting 
received on it. Whereas when you buy that established one, you can have a tenant from day one and you don't have that higher burden, especially uh, to cash flow. Yes, you pay lower stamp duty, but it's certainly tipping much more in favour of established now that interest rates are going up and that holding cost is much greater and the build times are much longer. So I'll also be straight with you before I finish up and saying that 400000 is a tight budget, so it doesn't buy much and there's going to be definite trade-offs. And our buyer's pack can help you with suburb selection at this price point and any others just to give you some, some input on where you should be looking. Now, next question. Hi, all. I'm looking to start my property investment journey with the 100K equity that I currently have my existing principal place of residence. However, from all the online calculations that I've made, admittedly, I haven't spoken to a professionalizer yet, it seems impossible to invest 100K into property and still be positively geared. I feel like I'm missing something as although rates are high at the moment, they are still not as high as they were 20 years ago. Although the average house price nowadays is higher alone for 250K at 17% previously is still a great deal higher than a 250K loan at 7%. And last I checked, property investment isn't a new thing. Can someone please shed some light on the situation as I have hit a dead end? Thanks in advance. So it's certainly becoming much harder to have positive cash flow on a property now that interest rates are up at around 55 to 6% for most people. And even the best yielding property in Perth Metro, and keep in mind, our rental yields are far better than pretty much every other capital in Australia besides maybe Darwin. Our rental yields can be up the top end at around 6 to 7% in the lower priced areas. When I say top end, I mean the highest sort of rental yields on offer around 6 to 7% in lower priced areas. So keep in mind, as I've spoken about earlier, you're trading off growth and you're likely to then get a 3 to 4% average annual growth rate using that rule of thumb of 10% total return. So repeating that back, we've got 6 to 7% yield that you're chasing, the higher yield, you're going to get 3 to 4% likely overall average annual growth rate. So it's best for most people who don't yet have a, the substantial asset base, as I mentioned earlier, to invest for growth first, but you obviously need to be able to afford those ongoing shortfall on between the loan and the rent. And you still want to be able to save, go on holidays and actually have a life. So that negative shortfall is expected and a part of investing these days. Providing that the negative gearing stays in place as well, you'll be able to claim a tax deduction on the loss and have the tax man help with 20 to 50% depending on your tax bracket. And it still leaves you with 50 to 80% of the shortfall to pay. Don't forget that. Everyone, you still are losing money week to week on the shortfall. The tax man's helping. But negative gearing is not a reason to invest. It's the growth that you're trying to get in the asset that makes it all worthwhile. So however, if you buy well, the money that you put in is going to be well worth the investment. And after you've held it for around five years, a typical property will become neutral to positively geared. And that coincides and works well with having the interest-only period for five years. It switches to P&I when you can start to 
have a bit of extra cash to help pay back the loan or you can refinance at the end of that period and extend out things. So you should have hopefully by five years been through one growth cycle and have also got some substantial equity built up. So you've had rental price increases, bringing it to neutral to slightly positive. You've had hopefully some increase in its equity that's built up. And the equity or price gain is going to give you a lot of options for using it towards the deposit on another investment. And as it compounds over time, that kind of extra growth is going to be life-changing. Whereas if you went the way of the 7% yield in property, making a minimal amount each month in positive cash flow is unlikely to be life-changing. And you're also going to miss out on a lot of upside growth that you would have otherwise had if you'd gone the option of the more quality property that yes you do have to tip some money in as you go but it's well worth doing if you keep an eye on the longer term the bigger picture of where you're headed and the extra growth that you can gain make sure you can afford it along the way make sure you don't have to give up your whole life to do it and keep some buffers around so that if rates go higher you can afford things until they come back and keep your rents up along the way too so hopefully that helps just I wanted to go a bit deeper to challenge the mindset that we're just looking for a neutral geared or a positive geared property. And yes, maybe you have to go that way because you can't afford holding a a property. Maybe it's too early for you to get in. Maybe you need to build up some further reserves, work on your household budget, You know, get more disciplined around your money management. Again, I don't know your situation, so I'm just spitballing here as to how to change your mindset as to the type of property that you might be looking for and what's actually going to benefit you better over the long term. hope that helps. So last question, looking to purchase second investment property now with a 450k budget or do I wait until the end of the financial year and look to purchase with a 600k roughly budget property will be held long term with capital gains in mind? Now, this is a really great question, and I wanted to go through the pros and cons to this because it's not always a clear-cut decision, and I have thought about it myself in the past. Do you buy that lower-priced property now, or do you wait and buy the higher-priced one later? This really comes back to your overall plan, and you've heard me harp on about your plan in the past. It's so important because if you've modelled out just how this property may perform and also how the mix of properties come together, it might be okay to buy the one now and have a higher rental yield, slightly lower growth. How does that fit together in the mix and how does it help you achieve your goals over the long term? That's what you need to be modelling out. Of course, uh, that takes uh, sophisticated planning tools and we've, we do have our strategic portfolio plan service that we have been doing for some clients. So stay tuned for more info on that. But do get in touch if you want us to help you in the meantime. Market is likely, I think, to do around 10% over the next year if you buy well, potentially more. So a 450K property in this example, let's say it'll be worth around 500K in a year's time. And let's say it'd be worth a 600K property. Well, what would that be worth in a year's time buying it? It would be worth 545 today. 
So we're really comparing a 450 today versus a 545k today. And the difference in average annual growth rate might be as much as 1% on the better quality property growing 1% higher on average between those sort of price points. So crunching numbers on this difference over 20 years could be around 230,000 extra gain in buying the higher price property, waiting and buying the higher price property. And over 30 years, it could be as much as $600,000 difference in buying the higher price property if the difference in growth was 1% extrapolated out. Comparing that, so we've got tw- over 20 years, could be 230-odd thousand difference in favour of the higher quality property and waiting another year. Over 30 years, it could be 600,000 difference. And when we compare that to the short term over the next year, the short term gain you could have got if you bought now around 10% on the 450k property, so 45 grand. It really depends then when you start to look at your plan. So it can also be said that buying the lower price property may help you get a deposit together sooner because that gain in equity is going to be getting you one step closer to withdrawing a deposit out. That's where it comes forward to really mapping that out in the plan to see. It would be the difference between, if especially if your savings rate's not high. And the higher rental yield could also help you add more cash flow to the portfolio now and in the years to come as the rents grow. So that can be another good reason to buy the lower price property now if you need some balancing out of your portfolio. And you know, that could be the difference in the doing that. Buying the lower price property, higher rental yield, more balancing out. Maybe you need that extra cash flow part of things. I don't know. So what I would like to pose is could you perhaps borrow at a higher loan-to-value ratio now and pay the lender's mortgage insurance? Might be, you know, 12 grand or something. I don't know, 12, 15 grand. And buy the 600K property buying that at 90% rather than waiting to have the full 20%. I don't know what LMI you were looking at borrowing at, but maybe you can buy the 600K now if you borrow at a higher loan-to-value ratio. And I've certainly borrowed at higher LVRs at different points, especially starting out my journey because it was so hard to get those deposits. It was the one factor holding us back, so I'd pay it. And if you buy well that extra year, um, it's going to be well worth the LMI that you pay. You might pay 12 grand, but get into a 600K property, get 10% growth. So you're going to do better in the shorter term. So if you make an extra 15 grand on the 10% growth on 450 versus 10% growth on 600, you're making 15 grand extra. That offsets your lender's mortgage insurance that you've paid. And then you've also got the higher average annual growth rate for the more quality property not just over the next year, but over the next 20, 30 years for the entire time that you own it. So that can be a really great option to consider if you haven't looked at that already. Hope that helps. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, head on over to Perth Property Investment Facebook group, get in and part of the conversations. It's great to see so many questions in there at the moment, so many people helping each other's out. And I hope this has been able to help our listeners as well. See you on the next one. Just a reminder, The information discussed in this podcast is general in nature, as we don't know your specific situation. You should always seek professional advice before taking any action. For free market 
reports on your suburbs of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorsedge.com.au join. And finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group to be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions, and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. I'll see you in the group. Thank you.